Do the Dallas Cowboys find their new slot receiver in undrafted free agency? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked, 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 locked on. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, what's going on, sir? I have some green haze happening behind me for everyone who's watching live on YouTube, so I apologize for that. I'm doing well. I'm excited. You know, we had a little mini camp last weekend. Uh, there's some players, vets playing with rookies, uh, and one of us has a birthday today. Yeah, so, uh... I'm officially washed. If I was <laughs> running back, I'd be out of the league five years ago. You're, so. you're officially too old to play in the NFL, so the dream yes. is now dead, Marcus. I'm yes. sorry uh yeah that's all right happy birthday uh, buddy oh thank you i appreciate it uh so let's uh let's talk about some of the undrafted free agent receivers the cowboys brought in two of them are absolutely fascinating and we're gonna start with jalen moreno cropper who cowboys gave a lot of money to a lot of guaranteed money to probably the guy that had the best chance of being drafted we saw him uh it, i think it was in the, the east west shrine game i like Jalen uh, Cropper quite a bit. I think he's a pretty good player. Yeah, he's really interesting, right? He's you know he's he's a little bit slight. Uh, he's definitely got some great speed, very smooth, quick to quick to accelerate. Um, he uh, the, the issue with him and the reason that he's you know a slot receiver only, I would say, is he's he's small and he's small. and he does not play through contact very well. You know he's he. And I, and I don't just necessarily mean that in the sense of like uh, being able to uh, uh, fight through press, which I mean, he struggles with that too. I'm talking about just in route, like physical corners, like will knock him off his route, disrupt his route. Um, and he is just a guy that is, you know, really not going to be the guy that you're going to put out as a Z or an X uh, no. and try to fight through professional NFL corners a lot. Now, having said all that, if you could find a way to get this guy the football on the move in space, he's dangerous. He's really fast. He's got a, a good catch radius for a guy that's that's not, uh, uh, you know, huge. Uh, he's got like you know he doesn't even have thirty one inch arms. He doesn't even have nine inch hands. But he he catches the ball reliably. He catches the ball above his head. He can be a deep threat. He can run. He can run down the field without any too much issue i mean obviously we talked about the physicality yeah, problems yeah. and stuff but if he can get past that he can get a step on the corner uh he has the kind of speed to get down the field uh and and uh and, and really get behind a defense i just to pull back a little bit it's uh it's very promising that both of these guys have very good very good speed which is something the yes. cowboys have needed yes. on their offense but I, I think that this is a guy who you know, despite not having the kind of physical traits that you want for uh, someone who's running routes on the outside, he has a very kind of we and we talk about this with with rookies sometimes. He has a kind of complete game already, right? Because mm -hmm. he can do like short, you know, smoke route stuff. He can do you know uh, screens. He can do. You they know, ran jet stuff. sweeps like with him, yeah, like crazy. And I, 
I was going to bring this up, but I don't know if you went back and watched his, I think it's 2019 tape, but I think he had like 300 rushing yards in 2019 because they were using him as a zone read quarterback. Like he's just really good with the ball in his hands. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it it just felt like Fresno was trying to do whatever they could to just to get him the football as often as they could. Mm -hmm. Um, If it does seem like there was a concerted effort, probably on his request, right? Uh, his senior year to try to play a little bit more outside to try to kind of run some more of those routes just to show that he could do it. Uh, But I I think, you know, where he's really going to make his living is in the slot as a gadget guy, as a jet sweep guy, as a return man, potentially get this guy, the ball in space, scheme him open some stuff and then, and watch the sparks fly. That's the kind of player I think you're getting. Yeah, man, he's explosive. And I know he ran a four, four, Oh, I think he plays even faster than that. I mean, he is wide. The one five split is really the more indicative, I think, of of what kind of speed we're talking about. It it is just if the Cowboys want a slot receiver that could be a little bit more of a vertical guy that can make plays down the field or just kind of after the catch on drag routes and sweeps and jet sweeps and bubble screens. This is the type of guy they haven't had in a long time. And I know people say, well, what about Kevontae Turpin? As small as Cropper is, he still has like 20 pounds on Kevontae yeah. Turpin. And he's just a way more natural receiver. Yeah. And that's why I believe like he has a chance, I don't know, to make the roster this year, but like to be on the practice squad and maybe by year two, like start challenging for some snaps. Yeah, this is the kind of guy that that likely is going to have a very good camp because he's the type of guy that uh, you know, all, a lot of his flaws will be covered up <laughs> during training camp practices, right? They, they're not allowed to be terribly physical, yeah. uh, you know. So, so this is this guy is going to spend a lot of these shells and helmet practices getting open all day, like catching mm-hmm. the ball and mm-hmm. then looking incredible. I tend to agree that I think he probably needs a year uh, just to kind of develop his body a little bit more. Uh, if he could, honestly, if he could just put on like five more pounds like get to 180 like if yeah. you get to 180 then we're talking right yeah and i and, and i honestly i think that opens up the possibility that you could potentially try to move him out more as a z instead of just as a slot only yeah. with that with a little bit more muscle but at one at 5 11 and 172 it's like he's just too slight to handle any kind of physicality at the college level and certainly now at the nfl level so that's why we're talking about an undrafted free agent and not, let's say, a fourth round pick or a well, third round pick, right? Because the good the good thing is, it's not like he's this five foot seven and a half slot yeah. receiver. Like he's yeah. over five, you know, over five eleven. Um, so you would hope that with that frame, you could put on seven to eight pounds of muscle in a year or two, and have him. He's going to play the slot, but have him every once in a while move to the outside. I think that's what you're talking about here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you know that that's the 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 height helps that you can. There is more room to add to that frame, uh, and then I think he has a skill set. Like I said, he can he can make plays above his head. Like he has mm-hmm. a decent, despite not being you know incredibly long, he has a decent uh, catch radius, and he's a reliable catcher. And and because he we've seen him, like he has speed to get down the field. He has the skill set to. Mm-hmm you know, play as he, the, the problem is, is that, you know, in route, like I mentioned, he gets beat up a lot and, and, and it disrupts the timing of stuff. And, and that's not great in a West coast scheme. So if, if you could find a way to get him some, uh, get some more weight on him over the next year, just make him a little bit tougher through the route, like in route, 
uh, then he could do a lot more. But as it stands right now, I think you probably have a guy who, if you needed to, you could throw out there and he could give you five to 10 snaps in the, in the, in the slot, yeah. maybe even give you some catches and, and maybe a big player too, uh, while he's kind of learning the rest of the positions. The, the, the real issue that we're going to have here is finding uh, the roster mechanism to hold on to this guy, right? Because can he play special teams? Can he be a return guy? Is he going to make the, the game day roster? If he's not, is he going to be a game day inactive every week? If you want him, do you have to practice squad this guy? That's Those are going to be the kind of interesting parts of trying to hold on to Jalen Moreno uh, Cropper, you know, just beyond the first round of cuts is exactly how is he going to fit on your roster without getting poached? I think he can fit on the roster and I'll explain how next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, there is no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. We've got the NBA, uh, conference finals starting tonight uh, so go ahead make your bets over there visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that is fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel the official sports betting partner of the nba we want to thank you for making locked on cowboys your first listen of the day every day or tomorrow on the show Lynn and i are going to kind of wrap up some of the mini camp news that we've gotten over the last few days it's not a ton coming out of Cowboys camp. We do have some nuggets of information, so make sure you guys are tuning in for that. Landon, one of the reasons why I do think Moreno Cropper could potentially make the roster is I think he does enough other things to warrant a spot. Like just, for example, it's pretty rare to have a receiver coming out of college with over 400 career rushing yards. Like That's a pretty significant amount. On top of that, he does have some kick return experience. Not a ton, but some 14 career returns, averaging over 21 yards per turn. Now, the last couple of years, they didn't use him in that phase of the game because he was too valuable to the offense. But I, He did some punt returning, too, didn't he? Was he also a little bit of a punt returner? I, think uh, I, I don't have numbers. Of- I, I think I, I did read that he was, as an underclassman, was a returner, and he averaged something yep. like 19.2 yards per return. So he, he has some skills there, but I agree. I think they probably took a, took him off that because he was by far their most valuable offensive player. He also averaged 29 yards per passing attempt in his college career. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> through two touchdowns. Like, I'm kind of joking, but, like, if you want that Cedric no. Wilson number four receiver that can do a little bit of everything, the, the, the trick plays, the jet sweeps, the yards after the catch, the special team stuff, this might be the guy that could potentially fill that role. Yeah, and, and look, I think that's another thing that we should talk about these two guys is I, I think both of these guys fit very clean roles for what the Cowboys like in their wide receivers, mm-hmm. right? Like this is a guy who could be a slot guy who could give you a whole bunch of different snaps in a lot of spots like you talked about, uh, like as far as a kick returner, punt returner, can do a couple of different things. He could be a, a gadget play guy for you. He can be a, a special packages guy if you want him mm-hmm. to throw the football for some reason. Um, and, and then, yeah, like if he could I, – I, I think what we've – established is that he has a skill set that he can punt return punt and kicks i think he was you know obviously taken off of like we said for safety reasons cowboys won't have that same kind of restrictions because he's not you know that top three receiver form right yeah so i think the cowboys will give him opportunities and looks there Uh, you know if he could catch on there i i I just i think the issue is that if if he's going to make the team 
then you probably don't have room for Turpin as well, right? Well, or that's the thing. Like, if he could prove to be an adequate kick returner and punt returner and help you on the yeah. other return stuff and be able to give you something more on offense, it, it might be willing to make up for Turpin, who's just a better pure returner. Like, that's yeah. that's probably who he's going to have to beat out for that you know, spot that's on right. the roster. Yeah, and, and, and hope that Turpin hasn't, like, you know, improved greatly as a receiver so or that he kind of takes inches. away his yeah <laughs> or grown two inches so i think yeah you know, i think that that's likely what we're about to see is you know these two guys kind of battling out for that specific role the, the last thing that i'll say on cropper is it's not like he is a one-year wonder at fresno state that those kind of guys always make me a little bit nervous right the guys mm-hmm. that just had one year production and it's like okay where were you the other three years i mean he had at least 500 yards from scrimmage all four years that he was on Fresno State, his role got bigger and bigger every single year. Um, so I, I won't be surprised if he ends up making it. Frankly, I, I think yeah. he's the best undrafted free agent receiver they've signed since Cole Beasley was that back in 2012. Yeah, and, and I think let's let's be clear. Like he is a slot receiver. He is good. He is. He probably he probably is the best undrafted free agent receiver the Cowboys have signed since Cole Beasley, but he doesn't play his game similar to Cole. Beasley no, at all. no, no, they're like different they are types very, of players. Very yes. different types of receivers. So yeah, I agree. I I think the thing that again that that I keep coming back to with him is that he has a complete game. Like you just don't have very many wide receivers who are ready to do two things that complement themselves so well in that the short game and the long game and that mm-hmm. he can do both, I think very well. So uh, you may have to kind of scheme him a little bit, which th- that's not usually, a, that's not a problem for NFL coaches, but I-, I think that he is a guy that if you wanted him to, if you needed him to could come in immediately and, and be uh, a yeah. part of a rotation in a wide receiver core that, that gets, you know, a couple touches a game. The the guy that I wrote down in my notes, like my favorite guy, he plays like, a little bit of a throwback, Titus Young, who the Lions okay. drafted way yeah. back in the 2000s. Yeah. Somebody that just not physically imposing at all, but not this tiny slot receiver either, but can play down the field, can do stuff after the catch. You can put him in the backfield. I think if Moreno Cropper can be something like that, I think that'd be a win. I think he. this is a smaller, faster version of this player. But when I saw him running, just kind of that upright style and, and being in the slot, you don't really see a lot of six foot guys or at least mm-hmm. not like that um i thought he looked kind of like patrick creighton the way he was oh, running. okay he was like running that. like yeah, kind of yes. upright yeah. you know yeah. um but obviously he's a much faster player than patrick creighton was, so uh, I, I like him I, yeah i'll be really good. interested to see like can he pass ontario drummond and semi fahoku and some of these other guys at the bottom of the roster i i won't be surprised at all let's get yeah. to our next receiver uh landon who Man, he's a fascinating player. David Durden really from West Florida. If you checked out the piece on The Athletic, uh, they do this article called Prospect X every year. The, the Basically the best unknown player that you've never heard of. Durden was that player this year. I know it was really, really hard to find tape. And I'm sure you probably didn't find it. But what can you tell us about this receiver? I mean, just a fascinating you know, situation, right? Like a guy that um, his – his story is like so tied to, you know, his upbringing and where he's lived, where he grew up and that sort of thing. So he grew up in a super, super small town in Georgia. 
Um, and, and and a lot of this, obviously, I'm transcribing. I'm just from the from yep. the article itself, right? Which was which was very fascinating. If you if you get a chance and, and you have an athletic subscription, first of all, get an athletic subscription. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, go go read that story. Um, it's it's fascinating to me because. I kept on, and it's funny because he actually, in the second article, he actually mentioned his name. I kept on thinking about Noah Brown, mm. right? Because he's this guy where I love, and I, I'm clearly the Cowboys love finding these athletic gems that, like, you know, are hidden away here. For Noah Brown, I understand he went to Ohio State, but he was hidden behind like other other, other guys on that. So it was like kind of an unknown, but a guy who tested it incredibly well. Same same situation here. This is a guy who, coming out of high school, he got drafted by the Red Sox. D- didn't even want to play baseball. Didn't mm-hmm. really have any interest in baseball. Got invited to a like uh, a, like a, a kind of semi formal tryout with the Red Sox, Red Sox scout, and was hit and hit the ball really well. So they decided <laughs> to draft him. He was apparently was the whole time was sitting there thinking, I don't want to play baseball. I don't want to play baseball. Yeah, uh, and and just really felt like it was a complete mismatch. Ends up leaving, uh, and uh, gets it goes to Mercer for a couple of years. Uh, decides to transfer. Uh, takes a transfer year at the right before COVID hits. Gets to his new school. COVID hits. He has to spend a, a miserable year, as he describes it, scrimmaging against his uh, other team. Uh, by the way, his his new team, his new school, West Florida. Never heard of it before. I lived in West Florida at one point. Never <laughs> heard of, West, of the story. West Florida school. Um, I and so it, it was one of these things. There, like he is now what three years into a, a, a college football career, and he doesn't have a ton of experience. I mean, he he has experience playing, you know, small small town college uh, high school football in which he played both ways. He played, you know, uh, like mm-hmm. I think it, they said in his senior. Uh, senior uh, uh, state championship game, he played something like 130 out of 137 possible snaps in the game Mm -hmm. or something like that. So like, this is a guy who absolutely loves football. I mean, just loves it obviously enough that he quit his baseball career because he wanted to go back and play more football Mm -hmm. goes out, has what's described as an absolute miserable. It goes out in what's, what's described as a miserable day, uh, but has an incredible pro day. Um, and then, you know, apparently the Cowboys had been keeping tabs on him for a long time, very quietly, apparently up until well, the he got invited minute. to the East West Shrine game, but he had a wrist injury, so he couldn't practice right. there. So it was like all these things that could have went wrong did for him. Yeah. And so what you the sum total of it is that you've got this guy who. I mean, for those of us who are watching on YouTube, has a 9.6 RAS score as a wide receiver. He's an absolute just a dominant physical presence as a wide receiver. You know, he's 6'1", 204, and he ran a 4.45 with a 1.55 split. The guy can run, and you watch it on film too. Like, and when you see his highlights, it's it is the typical man amongst boys. I mean, he yeah. literally looks like a grown man, like amongst uh, middle school kids. R- really quickly uh, on the athletic testing, he ran a four four six with a thirty seven inch vertical and a ten seven broad in the cold. It was thirty three degrees in the rain <laughs> outside. Okay, so yeah. he's an even better athlete than this nine point six RAS. Just to, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, and I and I think that that's honestly all of this comes down to, like how much can you trust your eyes? Like, because everything looks right. <laughs> like he dominated lower conf- uh, uh, competition. The problem is, is that you just don't have any tape at all of him playing 
anything above this, you know? So you'd love to have seen him make it to the shrine game. Obviously the risk didn't work out. You'd love to have seen him uh, make it to the senior bowl. And I think he was also in consideration for the senior bowl and then just missed the cut if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So I, I, this is a guy who very cleanly fits in that role. We talked about clean transcribing very cleanly fits in that role of the down roster, developmental wide receiver who is a physical presence who can play special teams right away he played a ton of special team snaps in college mm-hmm. uh he's big tough physical I, I think there's gonna be no problems with him, have seeing him run down uh and cover kicks i he, i think he has some return ability as well um this guy is 24 just, yards per kick return and like 19 yards per punt return in his career this guy is it's it's fascinating to me because it's He's a physical presence, so there's upside there. But he, it's not like he hasn't played football or, right. or that he's only played a little bit of football. He's played four full years of college football and, and, and you know, got a very large target share there at West Florida, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he hasn't, you know, been put out there or, or been playing a lot of football. He has. It's just we can't trust our eyes on any of this tape. We, we have to see what he does against higher, higher levels of competition. Obviously, many, many teams were, were willing to take a gamble on that, uh, that, that athleticism and to bring him into a minicamp. I, I honestly can't wait to see what he does at training camp. Uh, I, we've seen this type of player work out several times in the NFL. I'm going to give you an example from the Cowboys history and then one from uh, somebody that Mike McCarthy would happen to know pretty well when we get back. All right, Landon, I got to tell you, when I was reading this story of David Durden in The Athletic, the name that kept popping into my head was Adam Thielen, who Mm. went to Minnesota State, which I had never heard of Minnesota State before. He didn't go to any of the All-Star games, wasn't invited to the Combine, but he, I think he walked on to Minnesota's Pro Day, not Minnesota State's Pro Day, Minnesota's Pro Day, and had this ridiculous workout Minnesota signs him as an undrafted free agent, and three years after they sign him, I think by the age of 26, he's starting and he has a big season. I won't be surprised if David Durden is kind of like that. Somebody who just kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit, yep, but when exactly. you're that big and athletic and you just – who knows? I, I wouldn't be surprised. The other guy that we should mention, another pretty recent Cowboy Miles Austin went to was it yeah. Monmouth State or Monmouth, <laughs> I think, cool. right? And yeah, he had a Monmouth State. Yeah, yeah, and he had this ridiculous workout, yeah. but nobody had really ever heard of Miles Austin. What did Miles Austin do his first year in training camp? Was really good on special teams. Made a couple flash plays in the uh, the receiving game, and about two three years later, he's one of the best receivers in football. So it happened. Only reason, only reason the Cowboys even found Miles Austin was because he went to Jason's. Garrett's dad's house to work out, you know, yeah. like, so yeah, I mean this, like sometimes these guys, you know, we talk about planet theory, but like, you know, at certain positions like wide receiver, there's a lot more of these guys who are physically capable of doing the job than we kind of realize. Right. Yes. Um, I think this is a situation where this is a guy who can just develop, needs to develop a little bit more. I, I tweeted out last night that, uh, Somebody described, I think it was his former baseball coach, said David Durden only knows one speed. And they were talking about how he ran through, you know, first base on every single spring training rep, you know. And I and I commented that that's a great comment on his effort, but it's also a great criticism on his route running because he yeah. just runs fast like the whole time. He doesn't have any subtlety to his game. I, I think, but I, I think, like I said, there is 
a lot of use in having a guy like this on your team, even as a down roster part of your, of your unit, because he can fill in a lot of roles as a special teamer. I mean, more so even than Cropper, this guy is like, I think can play a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, and can, can be a, a gunner can do what, what you need him to do. Yeah. And then as he's developing, I mean, the upside potential here is immense. Like he could definitely be an outside deep threat type player, um, he has incredible hands. He's got really tracks the ball well. That I think that goes back to his baseball, uh, uh, you know, his background in baseball. So I just think this is a guy that is, you know, a freak small town athlete who is like, you know, the, unlike anything that small town had ever seen. But he just didn't know how to play the game yes. uh, in order to kind of be part of a be a huge recruit to be a go to a big college and then go get a, a bunch of scouts at his it, pro day that it just didn't happen for him. It does feel like the wide receiver position of all the positions in the NFL has the most of these guys that just yeah. show up out of nowhere, right? Or guys yeah. that just have very limited football experience. I'll give you another one. I remember when Chris Hogan came into the league at like age 27, who was a little cross player, right? And mm-hmm. Bill Belichick saw that athleticism and was like, we can figure it out. So again, I'm not saying that he's going to become the next, next Chris Hogan or Miles Austin or Adam Thielen. But it's realistic that these but, guys get lost, right? Yes, like, yes. think about like, and, and all, not to get in too, too deep into it, but think about seven on seven camps, like in the development of that. What that means is that more and more of these kids, way more than when I was in high school or when, you know, the previous generations, more and more of these kids are getting more and more reps of mm-hmm. running routes with quarterbacks, understanding the nuance of route running. That means there is a much, much larger pool of kids to choose from that have skill sets of wide receivers. And what does that mean? That there are more kids underneath those kids who didn't get the chance to go to these yeah. camps, who didn't get into that opportunity, who are also being hidden by just the pure mass of available wide receiver bodies in the high school to college pipeline. The other thing that I'll say about him, just to quickly on his athleticism, is the list of receivers in this class that were over 200 pounds and ran a sub four five, yeah. yeah, was incredibly small. Like I'm looking at Dane's draft guide right now, and the only guy that was in the side, the top, oh, I'm looking at right now, the top 30 receivers that hit those marks was Jonathan Mingo, who was a mm-hmm. second round pick, who doesn't really know how to play football yet either nope. right like nope. the, the Panthers took him high in the second round because there's just not many of those guys floating around out there so he obviously doesn't need to be Jonathan Mingo but I won't be surprised if the Cowboys stash him on the practice squad for a year and say let's see what he looks like a year from now after being in an NFL weight room and learning how to run routes maybe they have something here I won't be surprised at all yeah, absolutely. I mean, just just the attitude, the 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 effort of this kid just seems like a classic small town, hardworking kid. Uh, you know, so if it's just about effort, if it's just about hard work, I feel pretty confident this guy's going to yeah. make it. If nothing else, it's going to give us two really fun receivers yeah. to watch during uh, during the training camp process, during preseason. And we're going to obviously have Simi Fahoku and all the other guys that you know, Jalen Tolbert. About two more guys to keep on your radar. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day or tomorrow we'll be back on the show talking about some mini camp notes. Be sure to tune in for that. Uh, you can go follow the show on YouTube, Locked On Cowboys over there. Uh, follow Landon at Landon or at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.